Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journeys in Juice. This is a podcast where we're going to sip every bit of juice out of every journey we come across. You know, the goal here is to talk to everyone um, from people we cross on the street, from people we know to successful entrepreneurs, um, politicians, you name it. We want to talk to everybody. Uh, the bulk of this will be people that we just randomly meet. I'm we're going to head on the road. We're going to walk into a gas station. We're going to walk into a convenience store. We're going to walk into a supermarket and we're going to talk to just someone. We're going to still a moment of their time. And it might be 10 minutes. You know, it might be a Joe Rogan four hour conversation of depth and a wealth of information. And, and we're not going to limit it. We're not going to define it. We're just going to have these conversations because I truly believe that everyone's journey has some juice that we can all sip out of it that can make us better, that can help us make decisions, can help our life in some form of fashion. Um, so welcome to Journeys and Juice. This is episode one. Uh, this was Ryan Day. Uh, I've known Ryan a long time. We had a great conversation. Uh, it was exciting to have her as number one episode because she's so full of life, um, great personality. Um, Ryan has an incredible talent, one thing that came out after, um, and I learned my lesson to leave the mic on no matter what, but uh, came out after the podcast was we talked about some stickers that she's been designing. Ryan's a talented artist and photographer and designer. She's She just has an eye for things. She does a great job. And she's created this little line of stickers that I absolutely love. Um, when we get the website up, I'll make sure that they're on there so you can get them. Um, but we talked about, you know, she just want to make sure she does it right. She wants to make sure it's protected, you know, and, and before she releases it. And what we come to the conclusion of is just do it. Don't hold back. Don't wait for it to be perfect. I'm guilty of that myself. Just go after it. Make it happen now. And, and if it's not perfect, you'll adjust on the fly and it'll get better as we go. So um, I look forward to the conversation that we had. I hope you are able to sip some juice out of her journey. And uh, we hope for you all to be around for many episodes. So enjoy. We're here with Ryan Day. Um, I've known Ryan for know, how long now? Six years, maybe? Maybe even longer than Maybe. that. Maybe might be seven, because it's CrossFit when I yeah. when we first moved and here. And I just saw those pictures the other day, oh, like yeah. when you guys were running around oh, the yeah, building with, with, with the, girls the girls on your shoulders. Yep, it's been about seven years, and yeah, we've probably. known each other. We've worked together, we've done stuff together. So I know a lot about Ryan. Um, we have a, a long work history, so I thought it'd be good to have Ryan be one of the first people we talk to, and just I know her personality will definitely come through the <laughs> the podcast for sure. So I don't know what you're talking about. um so one of the first questions i I like to ask everybody is what did five-year-old ryan want to be uh wonder woman wonder woman (laughs) what a good time for that to be right dude i i seriously had underoos that if you don't know what those were i know what underoos were i had underoos yeah yeah which I found out later were hand-me-downs, which really made me sad. I thought they were mine, but they weren't. But I would wear my underoos, and I would go to my neighbor, who was a smoker, and I'd make him put out a cigarette, and we would eat peanuts on his his porch. Interesting. Yeah, I was I was out to save the world. So, yeah, I was Wonder Woman. You were Wonder Woman. Yeah. What year was that, you think? Well, how, how old are you? I know you're never supposed to ask a woman this question. I'm 43 and proud. So you but were born in what year? 77. 77. So you were about five or six when you had those underoos. So that's right yeah. about right. Yeah. And 
Wonder Woman 1984, the movie this year. That's kind of oh yeah, kind of interesting. I watched part of it. I didn't watch the whole thing, but uh, yeah, I haven't heard great things about that actually. But mm. sorry, right. can't sit still. It's Wonder Woman. I mean, how do you go wrong with Wonder Woman? Bull boobs under thighs, baby. <laughs> I used to like the the lasso of truth or whatever that was, yeah. and then the invisible plane. I always thought that was crazy. She had the invisible plane. I don't remember the invisible plane. Oh yeah, she always had the invisible plane. Like she could fly, and the plane was invisible. Well, she's beautiful. That's all that matters. <laughs> and she can lasso like no cowboy could. <laughs> so when Ryan was in high school, what did Ryan want to be? Oh, I wanted to go to Juilliard and be the next Broadway star. Yeah? Yeah, I did. I didn't know that, actually. <laughs> really? Acting? Huh? Like you're uh, singing. Yeah, well, both, Both? Yeah. I mean, I'm not that good, but... <laughs> you're a good actor. I was, I was the princess gumdrop. Like, I was the lead role <laughs> in the eighth grade play. Um, I was the gander, not the goose, the gander. <laughs> In Charlotte's Web, I was the mother in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I've been in other things, too. I can't remember. That's but, funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. I didn't know that. I mean, I would guess it because you're good at doing, like, personalities and yeah. impersonations. And, like, I would be you turn it on and like off really easily. Ursula in Little Mermaid or, like... Miss Hannigan, like those would be my uh, I favorites. So. I would like, you know, or the innkeeper's wife in Les Mis. You haven't heard that song? I don't think so. Oh my gosh, it's really good. Anyways, but, but I, I do I'm, have Miss Hannigan now. I'm know. doing more musicals now that I have girls, right? Yes. Like they like them, so we do more. Yeah, they'll, them. there we'll, you go. Maybe I'll see it soon. And then okay, I'll yeah. come back to you and yeah. we'll have a conversation about that specifically. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't make it to Juilliard. <laughs> what made? Did you try? Did you apply? Um, it, no, I was not very smart, and Juilliard's really hard to get into. Okay. Um, I did graduate a semester early, but that's because I hated high school, yeah. and I moved in high school, and it was coming from a very small town like Price, mm-hmm. Heber, Utah, to a big town in Los Angeles County <laughs> was a little bit of a culture shock. And so, um, yeah, it was difficult adjusting. So I just wanted the hell out of there. Yeah, you just don't want to be there anymore? Uh, no. I get so, it. It's a tough, that's a tough adjustment. Yeah. I mean, small town Utah, Utah is definitely its own yeah. growing up. Like it's, yeah. There was like no black people in Utah. Or in my school, yeah. to the white people being the minority yeah. of the school. It's <laughs> so, a culture yeah. shock for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned lots of new things. My my ex wife, <laughs> who's also still my best friend, she she grew up just outside of L A. Oh yeah, and she so knows. when she'd go to help her with me, she's like, "Holy cow, how did you grow up here?" <laughs> Yeah. We go in Walmart and Price and she's everyone would say hi and she's like, How do you know everyone? Oh yeah. I'm like, well, there's only so many people here, you're gonna know them <laughs> one way or the other. It's not like where yeah. you grew up where I know where my son was like staring at the car next to me. I'm like, Don't stare at them <laughs> because you don't look at the car next to you right. when you're driving on the freeway, not the highways, the freeways Freeway. in LA. Like you could get shot. Completely different culture. Totally. Yeah, it's definitely so I don't want to live there again though. But I, I mean, I like, I, I'll always love California, but yeah. no, yeah, it's not my. Not your jam. No. No, I wouldn't pick you as a California kid, for sure. On the beach, yes. Beach is different. Yeah. Yeah. Ghetto, no. <laughs> <Did> you, <laughs> was it your parents' job that took you there? 
Uh, my dad went back to school uh, to be a chiropractor. Yeah, I so gotcha. we moved in with my grandma, and my mom was based out of LA. So flight okay, attendant. Okay, flight so. attendant. That's mm-hmm. right. Did so? Did you go to college? I did. I was lucky enough to um, have somebody take pity on me because my <laughs> my ACT score was not so good. <laughs> I have this thing, it's called ADHD, and I got really bored during my ACT test, and I decided to just mark all Bs, which was probably not the brightest idea, looking back. So I got a 16 on my ACT, and I applied to Ricks College, which was BYU-Idaho now, and they said, we have this program, and if you come and pass this program during the summer then we might accept you. And I said, okay. And so basically it was like special ed summer camp. And so I did and I freaking rocked it. And me and all the other special ed kids, we were amazing. And I got a $300 scholarship to go to school. (laughs) I think that's, I I think I remember us talking about this before, but I went to Rick's myself. Yeah. Yeah. Only for a semester. It's kind of like a really cold hell. It is cold. I, I moved there and I had a car, so I thought. On the way there, it broke down. Oh. So we had got me an apartment off campus. I rode a mountain bike for the first, like, month of oh, yeah. college at Re- in Rexburg, which, if you look it up, is one of the coldest places. It oh, yeah. is Your always below zero. And windows, hairs it was terrible. As soon as you walk outside. I had a great experience with my roommates there. They were all great guys. Yeah. Um, I had good roommates. The experience was good, but... I. College just wasn't me, so I, I I didn't last. I I'm not a college person. I don't like sitting in class listening to somebody teach me something I can learn myself. I guess you could say. Well, I did, but I I did canoeing and social dance, so I didn't sit there. Yeah, you were active. Yeah, I was very active. Did but you? I, oh, go ahead. No, you're good. Go ahead. I did. I did communications. Okay. So I did get my associates, and I remember I had this um, teacher, Sister Bergstrom. And everybody wanted her class. And I didn't get into her class, but I wanted to, like, try and get in. So the first day we went, there was, like, six or seven other kids that wanted in. And so, basically, she, like, made us, like, say, like, why we wanted to get in or something. I can't even remember what happened, but I just got up and I'm like, I think she flipped a coin and some kid got in. And so the rest of us were out. And I just stood up and I said, you guys missed out because I am a really cool person. <laughs> so sucks for you. And I started to walk out and she goes, uh, excuse me, you come back here. And all the other kids left. And he goes, she said, I like you. Um, you're sassy. So I'm going to let you stay. And you? I, sassy? Up, I know I ended up being her mentor and I got paid for it. And I ended up doing organizational communications, and she was a freaking rock star, and I love her. Wow. I love yeah. it. So did my sassiness actually helped me. That paid off that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you did you go to college with something in mind where you're like, okay, I'm going to go to college, and the, I'll do this? Or was it just like everyone goes to college, so you need to go to college and get a degree? Um, my friends were going, so I was like... He's like, I guess I ought to go. I guess that's how I go. But my parents, like, my dad had been... He went back to school, and he'd gone to school, but he's um, where I inherited my ADHD from. So, 
and my mom, she went to hair school, but so that wasn't something in my family. So it wasn't discussed really. Uh, my older two sisters are brainiacs and like went on full scholarship to BYU and the other one, Asumu Kuga, blah, blah, and whatever at UCLA. And then whatever was left over, God gave me. So um, I was the <laughs> dyslexic ADHD sister that got attention from theatrics. So the brains, the math, the reading was not there. I was definitely a special ed kid that got pulled out of class. But I can make people laugh, so that helped. But, that, that's a good – I think yeah. that's an important quality, actually. Like, yeah. Did you have a job? Well – I had a job. I don't know. Like, I had a lot of jobs. So one... <laughs> okay, so my very first job, <laughs> my dad ran a ski resort, Park West, up in Heber, or up in Park City. And so it technically wasn't a job. And I think we even got in trouble. But we would go... Like, people would go get their food, and they had a tray, and then you'd empty your tray, and you'd leave. But we were little scavengers, and so we would go... <laughs> And we'd empty their tray, and they'd tip us with change. Oh, so, you. yeah. I don't know if that was a job. It's first hustle, for sure. It, yeah, I was a hustler. Yeah. And then um, then we would clean up after concerts, and we'd get 20 bucks to clean the side of the mountain until the Grateful Dead came along, and there was a lot of paraphernalia. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so we had to quickly be escorted off the mountain. <laughs> and so we didn't get to do that after the Grateful Dead came. Uh, that was kind of a bummer. I think that's the where I saw the Beach Boys with my dad. I was probably at the concert. There's a good chance. I was at three Beach Boys concerts there. Yeah. That was the first concert I'd ever seen. Me and my dad went. I was on the balcony. Did you see me up there? It rained really bad. They had apple slice. Oh, I don't remember it raining. Maybe you're at a different one. It might have been a different, like, it was later on. Like, you were probably already gone from there. Yeah, because you were high school, you left. It was after you were gone oh, from there. Yeah. It wasn't as cool. Yeah. No, you were gone. It wasn't cool then. No, it wasn't cool. <laughs> but I did start my own lawn mowing business. So when I was probably about 10, I started mowing lawns. Mowing lawns. And then when did you, I mean, Want, do you want like a legal job? No, I think oh. those are all great. No, that's good. I think those are all great okay. things, right? Like, I think it really tells us who you are, right? Yeah. You've always been a hustler for sure. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about it. But <laughs> when, yeah, when did you start working for someone and getting paid? Um, My first job, I can't remember if it was at The Gap during Christmas. And that was hell. I will never work. <laughs> Freaking retail in the Christmas. Oh. oh man. And that was before like satellite radio. So you had to listen to the same seven songs oh. the whole Christmas season. Totally ruined Christmas. Um, it was either that, I think it, that might've been it, or I got a job at Ben and Jerry's and I kind of got the job the same way. Like I got into the into class. The class. Just kinda yeah. hustled it, like. I just kind of told him, I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm like the coolest chick you'll ever know. <laughs> And uh, he was wearing a tie-dye shirt. And I was like, dude, that is a sweet tie-dye shirt. And I have a picture with my first paycheck, my cut-off guest jeans, in that same tie-dye Ben & Jerry shirt, holding it up with my awful teeth and my awful hair <laughs> and my sunburnt face. I'm going to need to pit this picture so I can... I got to find it. It's horrible. <laughs> it's really horrible. But it was my first paycheck. So that probably was my first time. There you go. But I, yeah, I loved working at Ben & Jerry's. And I was a... I ended up to be a shift leader... 
And I worked there by myself in the mornings because everybody else was still at school. But I graduated early, so I would rollerblade, you know, back in the day when it was cool because oh, yeah. I didn't have a car. So I'd rollerblade to work, sit in the freezer, make a banana and strawberry yogurt smoothie, cool off, and then I'd open up the store in my rollerblades. And if they ever knew that, they'd probably fire me. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can't do anything about it yeah, now. Yeah, like, you suck us. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember the rollerblade movie back then? I think it was called Airborne. No. Oh, you got to go check it out. It's I was rollerblading when OJ, like they were chasing him on the yeah, 405. You were rollerblading. I was, we were Did like. Did you see him? N- no, because oh. but I was on the Strand in Manhattan yeah. Beach. Yeah. Me and my aunt were sitting by the 90210 Beach House uh. listening to somebody's AM FM radio they had. Oh. And we were all listening to him. To, the, to what happened. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. The, the white Bronco. Things you remember. Weird. It huh? is weird what you remember. Yeah. Yeah. But that's good times. It's so interesting. It's so crazy. So, but it seems like always your jobs have always kind of gravitated in some form of dealing with, like, really the public, the people. Oh yeah. Right. Like, if if I had to like be somewhere where I didn't talk to people, uh, that's not my. No. 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 You're you're not the quiet sit in the corner no. type away on my keyboard. When you are doing that, that usually is very loud typing, and it's not a good sign for whoever's on the other end of that. No, or just start singing really loudly. <laughs> Remember when we we were sitting next to each other and we had headsets on, and I'd start singing. I do. Yeah, those good times. I do remember that. That I was. I can't good believe times. you didn't think I was not Juilliard material. Then. Well, I mean. I didn't Jeez. say you weren't. I just didn't know that was one of your dreams. A lot of people are great singers. They just don't. That doesn't mean they want to do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I totally want to do it. Well, why not? <laughs> I actually went to a class at Juilliard. Did you? I did. My aunt is an opera singer. So there's four people in the class. Huge studio. Wood floors. And then a grand piano. Well, and I got to, like, sit in on the class while they took listen. turns doing their opera. That's interesting. And then we saw her sing at the Met. I've never, the opera I don't get. Like, I mean, it's beautiful. Some of it's really yeah. good, right? But I just, it's not entertainment for me. I don't get entertainment value from it. Yeah, I've only been to one opera and it was in Austria. And you could stand. And it was like on a slight incline. So there was a bar in front of you. And they were like the real cheap tickets. And my purse tipped over and all my lipstick and all my stuff fell out and started rolling down. And that was the time we thought, oh, we should probably leave now. Yeah. <laughs> After everybody picked up my lipstick and everything go. else in my purse and handed it to me, we thought, oh, stupid <laughs> Americans will exit this way. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the only opera I've been to, except for listening to my aunt. Well, do you sing it all now? Like, do you sing? Oh, heck yeah. Like, like, I mean, around the house, for sure, right? But, like, do you still want to sing? Uh, I like I like it. If I had more time, I'd, like, do community theater and stuff like that. Well, you got kids and stuff, so it's yeah. definitely hard to but at Christmas, carve out the time. We had to do I lead the music at church, which is funny because I don't know how to lead. But hopefully, they don't know that either. Because <laughs> I just start waving They'll my just hand. Follow yeah. along, so it's yeah. good. But it was really cute because my son came with me, and there was a primary song that I had no idea. <laughs> and I was like, "Have you heard this song?" And of course, I didn't. You know, I wasn't prepared. And so he was like, oh, yeah, I know this song. So he started singing with me. And then I said, I have an idea. You come up with me. <laughs> and so basically me and him did a little duet on oh, nice. the spur of the moment. I love it. For Christmas. Yeah. 
Because we couldn't have a choir on Christmas because you have to be six feet. COVID. Yeah. Yeah. This is during COVID times. Yeah. So. But because he's my family, we could be close. We could be close. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So. Hmm. And nobody saw it because the rest of my family was sleeping. Punks. <laughs> <laughs> is he? Is he a singer? Like is is he normally a singer? Does uh, he... not normally, but now he's he's seen some interest in it, so he likes to sing okay. with me. Is he the phot- photographer too? No, this is Taj. Oh, it's my Taj. baby, the, oh, okay. the nine-year-old. Okay, yeah, well, that's cool. I know. No, Tegan, I've never heard sing. He can sing like Elvis. He has a deep voice like he you. He can do it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, dang you. <laughs> Blessed with it, doesn't want to use it. Right, right. Rude. So mean. I know. Well, I mean, other than your current job, because I don't. I mean. You got to take that out of the equation so that you don't have to feel obligated to say, but what has been your favorite job? I, I think, well, um, I was a flight attendant and I really did love that job and those damn terrorists. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a flight attendant for five years and I flew even after nine 11 until they started laying off people. And then, like, they do it by classes. And so we were the last class laid off. And then my husband at the time, he was, he got a job with SkyWest, and that's what brought us here to St. George. So when they started bringing people back to work, we had moved to St. George. So I would have to have – I had just had my baby, my first. And so I would have had to commute to Minneapolis, and I had a newborn – so it just didn't work out. So I had to give it up and turn in my wings. <laughs> so it was sad. And my mom, she just, with COVID, they asked her to take early retirement. So uh, yeah. I got booted at 9-11 and she got booted with COVID. Damn it. And she's done it since 87. She's been doing it a long time. Yeah. She was the one that got me to do it. I think either that or working with you, there was a lot of trauma with that job (laughs) but i loved the events i love to travel i love to meet new people i love to talk yeah so like for me that's you know like just like being on the stage being out with the gun and holding it and talking to people it's definitely a performance right oh heck yeah don't have a problem with that at all that job was fun it was a fun the, job. The job itself was awesome. Yeah. Um, and, the politics and, was not so much. Yeah. And for everyone who knows, it, 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 we were we started with a startup firearms company. and uh, We made that company. We, we did. And I hope you guys hear this. <laughs> Just so you know, they went under after we left. Okay. <laughs> this is true. Yes. Um, it's and been... we're, we're also uh, homeowners. And some other people are not homeowners. Just, anyways, karma. Okay, sorry, what were we talking about? <laughs> you, obviously, you can tell there's some hard feelings, um, but uh, it, it, it mismanaged for sure, but we definitely took mm-hmm. it from a company. Um, I think I was the fifth person to join when they were just in concept. Um, I was consulting with them, and just they were asking me questions because I was running a gun shop and have a long history with, you know, firearms and law enforcement and stuff, so, but... Uh, we definitely took it from zero to a lot, um, and we did it really fast, and it was fun. We had a lot of fun, but it was a very hard place to work, so neither one of us stayed. After a while, we both kind of moved on to different things, but yeah. uh, 
I like the job too. I, I can understand why you think that was one of our funnest. So yeah, for sure. Um, this time we'll include your current because we've talked a little bit about it, and I think that working there um, and the way you've talked about your boss there is is pretty amazing. So out of you know favorite boss, if I had to pick like job wise, like I loved flying and I loved the gun stuff, mm-hmm. and maybe. Maybe I'm just a selfish want to be in the limelight. I'm not. I like don't. I don't always want to be the center of attention, but yeah. I do. I thrive there. Right. Um, my job now, I'm not. Uh, I do. I do a little. Like I do marketing, so I'm. I'm meeting with people and real estate agents and mortgage brokers and stuff like that. But I get very limited time with them, and so it's not ideal. Um. But the reason why I love my job so much is my employer. He treats us really well. The The atmosphere there is very positive. Um, and he pays us fairly. And he is always making sure we're where we need to be. So, you know, he's just checking in with us and rewarding us and, you know, that that to me is huge. Yeah, I think you know, just in the few conversations we've had about it, I think that he's just one that gets it, right? He he understands how people tick. Yeah. He understands that it's his job as the business owner and the leader to make sure people are taken care of and they're oh, yeah. thriving in his business and they want to be there because it, it truly makes his business better. If right? there was if he was running the AR company, mm-hmm. <laughs> every American would have an AR fifteen in their hands. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that says a lot about him, right? Like I, it, it does. It's, yeah. He's like he's a good person. He made this shirt, and he said, um, "What does it say? It says give, give abundantly, give like oh, what is it? It's like live. Oh crap! I'll have to figure it out. But anyways, it's this great quote, and it's about giving so that you can live like beyond your means. I gotcha." Yeah. And he follows that to a T. It's like give abundantly to live freely or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, something like that. Something yeah. like that, yeah. I have it on the back of my shirt, but it's on the back, so I don't see it very often because it's, yeah. Well, if you, you know. folded your laundry when you got done with it, you I would know. see it. I should fold my laundry more often. <laughs> Who folds their laundry? I, not just... my kids, that's for sure. <laughs> Actually, I think there's a load on my bed right now. <clears throat> Lovely. What's some of the best advice you've ever been given? The best advice? It doesn't have to be work-related. It can be life-related, anything. Just some of the best advice you've gotten. To be yourself. Because I think, well, dating now. (laughs) As a 43-year-old single mama. uh, I am who I am. I'm not going to change for anybody. If you like me, great. If you don't, I don't give a shit. Right. <laughs> Sorry, shouldn't swear on your. No, it's okay to swear here. Okay, it's a podcast. It's a podcast. Okay, but the same goes for work because if you're who you are, you're either gonna fit with that company or you're not. And if you're not gonna fit, then go find somewhere you're gonna fit and you're gonna be happy and you're gonna feel good. Yeah, exactly. So I think a lot of people try and do like they're there's someone. They try and be someone that they they think they're looking for. And then you don't live up to that. Or you live down to that. Right. 
And that's, you're jipping yourself no matter what. So I truly believe that, but. I, I think that's great advice. And I think you nailed, nailed it with the job thing, especially. Like, I think people for so long, the culture was you get a job and you stay there for 20, 30 years and you retire, right? Like, yeah. that's what you do. There's no need to do that. If you're not a fit at a company because you just don't fit, you're not there. Yeah. Go somewhere else. There is a company fit for you, right? right? Like, right. there's no reason to work for a boss you don't like. And it might not even you don't like them. No reason yeah. to work for a place that has different morals and values than you. Might, they might not enjoy the same things you do. If you're unhappy right. at work, you're going to be an underperformer. Right. Right? And why underperform when you go somewhere and thrive? Right. It, it just doesn't make any sense. And, you know, to say, in my, I don't think, I think I, I made a resume, mm-hmm. like, I think I created a resume maybe a year ago before I went to this new job that I have. I don't think he even asked for it, but I, because I'm myself, I have always been referred. So people have asked me to come work for them because they like who I am. Right. So I have been with multiple startup companies from ammo companies to clothing companies to, um, energy efficiency companies and more. And I, you know, I take pride in that, that I haven't had to fill out an application because of who I am. Work product, right? Like the the people know what you can do and how you perform and who you are. And I I totally agree with the resume thing. Like I've interviewed, I don't even know if I could say the number. It's just ridiculous the amount of people I've interviewed for jobs because it's always kind of been my role. I've always found a leadership role and I've hired a lot of people. And I hired truck drivers for a long time and I was hiring a ton of them, you know, even like 20 a week at times. So, like, I've done a ton of interviews. I never look at a resume because a resume is you prettying up everything you've ever done. I don't don't care about it. Like, I'll, I'll ask you about things on your resume and people tell me what's on my resume. Okay, well, I didn't read it, so I'm asking you right now, Yeah. like, this question, you know, and it's not to be disrespectful, but I want to interview you. I want to yeah. talk to you. I want to know who you are and if you're a fit for what we're doing. It doesn't necessarily, I don't care if you even have experience sometimes. It doesn't, if the job doesn't require it, I'll teach you to do it, you know? Well, I think that's interesting that you say that because I had, um, my last job I was at, something happened and they made a comment about education and they'd hired me. They didn't know if I had a degree or not. They didn't know any of my educational background. They didn't know a lot of my work background, but they liked me. So that's why they hired me. And I literally walked into a boardroom with six guys sitting there and I interviewed with six different guys. And I'm like, hi, this is not intimidating at all, (laughs) which it wasn't. I didn't have a problem with it, but, um, Anyways, so like six months down the road, something was said about education and it kind of, it kind of burned me. And so I went in there and to my boss and I said, you, you know, I do have a degree, right? And he goes, no, I didn't know that. And I'm like, yeah, I've got a degree. And it's interesting. And maybe it's because I'm older. So people don't ask for that anymore, but you can teach people how to do things but you cannot teach people how to be a good person and how to be a leader and how to be an example you can't teach that you can't teach it so like 
I think that's why I'm marketable because I feel like I am a good leader and I've done well and people look up to me and I've learned a lot of stuff Yeah. in these last, what, 17 years that I've been, you know, marketable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I realized that, and even I can take that initiative myself and realize, oh, okay, this is what they're looking for. This is what, if I do this, I can be more marketable for them. And then when I come up to the plate, they're like, oh, you can do that? Okay, well then, guess what? We're going to pay you a little more because yep. we didn't know you had those capabilities. But you can't teach leadership. You, you can't. And it, it, there's a couple of things that come out of that mind to me. Is One is, I'm not the originator of this, but I say it all the time, you, you just can't coach effort, right? No. Like, if someone is not wanting to do the job, and it might be they just don't fit the job or whatever, you can't force them to do it. You can't punish them to do it. They're not going to excel. They might step up for a day because right. they think they're going to be in trouble, but they're never going to excel unless they take that in themselves and do right. it, right? And I think that good leaders can find a way to get that out of people. Oh, for sure. You know, like, let, let's evaluate what you're doing. Let's see what's going on with your job. Maybe we need to move you to a different role because that's what you want to do. You know, let's see what we can do to maximize your human output, yeah, right? where you like, thrive. Right, where you will thrive in this company. There might be somewhere else you'll thrive. This clearly isn't where you thrive. Or maybe there's something going on at home. Let's talk about that, right? Like, right. let's figure out what's going on with you. But I, I can't coach you to effort. And then the other thing is, is I see this all the time, and is people have, okay, our best salesman, right? You're the best salesman. We're going to promote you to the, the manager. No, not necessarily the right guy for it. Your, your middle performer might even be your best leader, right? right? You need to interview to find out who's your best leader, not your best performer. Oh, yeah. Because he might not be able to tell anyone else how to do what he's doing. There's times when I couldn't tell people how I was doing what I was doing. Like, I, I wouldn't have known, right? Like, I had to learn how to do it. And it was just because my personality is what was selling, right? Like, I couldn't make – I can't transpire that to you. I can't say, be me. That's yeah. how you sell, right? Like – I grew through that, obviously, and I, I know how to teach now, and I've you know gone down a different path. But I, I really don't like seeing people promote just because they're the highest performer. Now they might be the best leader, and they should, everyone should interview equally. But you should hire that person, and whoever will lead the team best, put them in that role. Then you will see a higher performance out the rest of the team. Well, it's funny that you say that because I had a I had a manager, and he was the top sales guy, and so they promoted him to manager. The problem was, is when our meetings were over, he's like, Ryan, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I got blah, blah, blah. Nope, you're going to stay here for the next two hours and you're training so-and-so. And it was like, that's your job, dude. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, but you're really good at it. And I'm like, so I finally went to the boss above him and I said, look, if I'm going to be training these guys, you guys are going to pay me. And so he was like. Why are you training him? And I'm like, because he sucks. Yeah. He's not a leader. Yeah. And yep. guess who got fired? <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's no But they, they didn't fire him, but they did. They did exactly that. They put him back to sales because that's where he was making the money. Right. He wasn't a manager. No, everyone is. No. And it's unfortunate because people work really hard and they want to get promoted, right? right? Like, well, then teach them how to be a leader. Right. Right. Let, let's put you through some courses. Let's. Like learn, you know, or look around, you know, right. that you can help people lead. You can't teach them how to be it. Like right. they've got to dig down and deep, but you can guide them down the path. Everyone can become one if they're willing to. Right. Right. But you've got to be willing to sacrifice and, and leaders. I think Simon Sinek has, it's a book, Leaders Eat Last. Yeah. And, you know, and it talks about in the military that the higher up you are, the later you eat. Right. Everyone eats first. 
Like yeah. the, the people that are working eat first and you have to do that as a leader too. You yeah. got to be willing to give up what you're doing. Everyone else go to lunch. I'll take the phones, right? That kind of stuff. You got to be willing to do that stuff right. if you're going to lead and top performers generally don't have that in them. No, it, it's something I I've seen it and I've seen it in things recently where we promoted the top performer and not perform as a leader. The, the team failed. And so I think that there's, you know, a lot to look at there when you in companies that they where they miss the, the ball all the yeah. time, you know, um, that was a rabbit hole for a minute. I was sorry. Yeah. No, we both it did good it. Rabbit. It's good. It's good rabbit hole. Um, that's good advice. I like that. Um, I knowing you, I know a little bit about your life, but what, what is, um, Phil as much share as much as you want to share, but what's the most traumatic event in your life? The most traumatic, probably my divorce. That's what I figured you would say, <laughs> right? That's what I figured you would yeah. say. And, it, and it, it, you don't need to get details or anything like that, but I think most people would agree that a divorce is very hard most yeah, of the time, right? It's like, really hard. Even if it's like amicable, right? Like our two divorces are completely different. Yeah, I'm right? jealous of yours. <laughs> <laughs> people often ask Sierra and they ask me all the time, how do you guys like get along so well we're very good friends you know yeah. we're great friends and just turns out we're really good friends and not the greatest couple but you know we have a very amicable divorce but even that was still very hard on me i mean i called you at times i was like oh my gosh I'm losing yeah. it. you know what i mean like yeah. it's it's still a hard thing to go through you know like i we talked about church a little bit but like what have you leaned on the most in your hard time unfortunately for her my mom but yeah, and probably too much of my children. But yeah, I know you go to church, mm-hmm. um, so you have religion, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't judge either way, obviously. But you know, do you find yourself leaning into your religion more now than you were then? Um, no. <laughs> I would like to say I do. I feel comfort when I go to church. Uh, this year's been weird because we, oh, with the whole yeah, because yeah. we haven't gone like you would normally. Yeah, um, a lot of it of me hanging on to our marriage for so long is because because of, of the religion. Because of the religion, and I don't I don't regret the length that we were married because I was able to adopt my daughter. Um, and if we had gotten divorced earlier, I wouldn't have. We wouldn't have been able to do that. But um, there's a lot of guilt factors. And I don't think that comes from the religion. It comes from the culture. Sure. Um, Because I didn't have anything like he's cheating on me or he's doing drugs or he's an alcoholic or he's an abuser. You should just stick it out. I should stick it out. But there is a lot of mental things that people don't see that have been going on for years. And... Uh, mental issues with him and triggers that he had and um, um, yeah but I you know and I, I believe that my bishop didn't think I had good reason it, it's hard yeah it's hard I, I a little bit of the same experience when I was married the first time yes this was my second marriage yes it was my second failure but the uh, <laughs> Two out of, I'm hoping the third one's good. You know, one out of three, you know, yeah. still a 300 batting average. So I'm just I'm looking at <laughs> There you go. But the, uh, um, the first one, same experience. The, I Even though, like, I felt like there was, you know, well, I knew there was extramarital stuff going on, yada, 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 and I just didn't want to be a part of that. And then I, there was other stuff beyond that. But 
I was made to feel like I was making a bad decision yeah. because I didn't want to be married anymore. And I'm like, this that's a little bit crazy to me. Like, I don't think you should ever give that advice when you're not in the relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I, I disagree with the fact that bishops give advice. Um, I don't think it should be a thing. I think it yeah. should be more of a down the middle mediation type thing. Like, okay, let me hear what you have to say. Be a place for them to vent post and just give support. That's yeah. what I think it should be. And to be fair, like with my bishop, um, Jeremiah had gotten to him before I did. Yeah. Because I didn't want him in the middle of it. Yeah. And so I don't know what story Jer gave Told him. him. Yeah. So, but he was tainted, first of all. For sure. But and, they all feel like they have to be involved in some yeah. in these things. But he actually, he did listen to me. And he wanted us to go to counseling. He wanted, but I've done it before. Yeah. I've been there. I've been on this Ferris wheel for way yep. too many years. And um, he's, he repeatedly said, I'm a bishop. I'm not a therapist. Yeah. So I can't make these calls. I can refer you to a therapist. I can refer you to a family therapist. But I'm not here to judge. But you still feel it. You, you, know? you feel it. Yeah. yeah it, you feel it. And, you know, I get it. And it, it, this isn't about to, to go down the religion or, yeah. you know, whatever no. it is. But it, it's interesting. We just have a similar culture of raising. So we right. I, we have a lot in common that way. But um, but I think there's a lot of really good things still that help keep me grounded and help make me a better mom and help raise my children. Yeah. And that's why I continue to do it. Yeah. But as far as my marriage goes... Yeah. Well, I think your example of, you know, you, you know, the princess bride and carrying up, I, I think a lot of times Sierra felt that way, even with me, you know, mm-hmm. and it, I had been through so much and she had been through so much in our last few years that it was just like, oh, and I, uh, now I can look back and say, what a mope I was, you know, what a, <laughs> I was a boat anchor dragging her to the bottom of the sea, you know, but like now I can see that, you know, in a much yeah. better place. And, and because of her, like she really got me through that a lot of the time, but um it's just amazing you know when you when you're going through something you you know you can't see anything you can't, can't see you can't the clouds. see it yeah and then when you're out of it you're like holy cow that's clarity you know <laughs> well, i'm I so can dumb see clearly <laughs> now. <laughs> do you I, I know before like because we met through crossfit right yeah. um do you still work out do you what do you do <sighs> how do you take care of yourself well <laughs> I don't do CrossFit anymore. I have a hip injury that is some weird bone spur thing. So I have to be careful with what I do. But I have a spin bike in my garage. And it's so freezing cold at 6 in the morning. So I, I don't. I need to be better. So or 2021 is definitely the year that I'm going to take care of myself. But, um, yeah, I really I regret it. I've let things go. We moved. And so we're too far away from a gym where I can get a workout in before I have to get my kids up and get to. Yeah. So it's been, yeah, it's been a struggle. So if I work out, I have to do it in my garage in the mornings, but it's good because my boys are starting to get into it. And so now I have somebody. Yeah. Yeah. But I also, this isn't too personal. Um, I'm going through the phase, the change. <laughs> well, you're getting old, Ryan. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, these this mask issue is a nightmare for me because I have, like, 
I don't know, seven or eight hot flashes oh, a day. Geez, and yeah. having those masks on is like. It's killing you. Oh, I about go into like an anxiety attack. Like, I'm like, I got to get out of this store. I got to get out of this store. I got to get out of this store. I'm going to puke. I'm going to puke. This is so hot. I have sweat dripping out. My head is soaking wet. It's, it's so awful. So hopefully I've definitely gained some weight and I can't get it off. I, I literally don't eat. I think I've had an apple and a protein bar and a protein shake today. And I still gain weight. So I need to get my hormones checked. So that's on my list, getting back into where I was, because I see my pictures. And literally doing CrossFit, I think, saved me through those years. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. It really is. And I really, like, I loved the workouts because mm-hmm. it pushed me beyond what I thought I could do. And I know there's tons of hot, uh, CrossFit haters, but yeah, suck it. Who cares? I don't care about you. Um. But the community and pushing beyond what you think you can do is huge. It's it's amazing. It's I, so huge. I have a hard time with haters of anything, right? Like, there's stuff I don't like. I get it. But why would you hate on something that gets people out to do oh, yeah. to better themselves, right? Yeah. They're moving. As long move. They're moving. They're doing something. Right. I had never done CrossFit. I've done a lot of crazy workouts. I've played sports at a pretty high level. And I've done busted my butt in the gym but crossfit was a whole nother thing oh, you know totally. like it definitely was something that i enjoyed but the hard part for crossfit for was me is my competitive side <laughs> doesn't allow me to like hey you can't do that yeah. right like look he's doing it i'm gonna do it you know oh, what yeah. i mean like it, it's hard for me to dial that back yeah but i still love it i, I don't go now i've got to set up in the gym in my yeah. garage just I can't work it with all this stuff going on and everything. So it just it's easier for me to just work out in the garage. But what about m- like mental health? What do you do? Do you are you a reader? Do you read books? Do you? Um, I am a podcaster beyond podcast. Awesome. I do. I love Brene Brown. Like Shh. she's freaking rock star. I'm gonna recommend something. I just listened to hers the other day. Her Dak Shepard and Tim. Oh my gosh. I, I should punch myself in the face because he's one of my favorites in his mind. Was it on her podcast? It was on hers. Oh. Um, Tim Ferriss. Those oh. three were all on there. Three huge podcasters, right? And they were yeah. all on one together. And it was on hers. Um, I'm not, I don't normally w- listen to hers. I've listened to a couple. I like some yeah. of her stuff. I like her, her vulnerability thing. Yeah. And, and I think that's important. And I think how you use that is important. Um, but it was great because I think Dak Shepard is great and Tim's great. And it, yeah. You know, and. The thing I like about podcasts is, you know, especially all them, I've never felt a political moment. You know what I mean? And I definitely am on the opposite side of most Hollywood elites and people like that. Um, Growing up in a conservative state and a conservative house. Oh, I think she's so liberal, though. I want to puke sometimes listening to her. She is. On her podcast. And her books is not as bad. No. She is very liberal. (laughs) So is Dax. He he tries to stay away from the politics, but he definitely is left left yeah. side but he doesn't bash one way or the other that's one thing i've always liked yeah. about him his podcast arm, armchair expert is amazing he tries oh, to stay right down the middle i don't think i listen to him it sneaks out yeah. you know and, and monica definitely his co-host is definitely that side too but they seem to be fair right yeah. they, 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 it's yeah, not yeah, they yeah. never bash which right. i'm good with and tim's just a genius like yeah. I, I really yeah. love his podcast she's awesome anyway a lot of her stuff so oh, yeah. i totally she's went off really track good. there for a second anyway no i really like i've i've done a lot of self-help stuff since my divorce um i have a therapist that i'm seeing and i love her she's like my own Brene brown and um 
which I feel like I've done so much work and so many different, like I've printed out, you know, little workbooks to go with these books and I've tried to do them and stuff, but I have five kids, so it's hard to, so I'm lucky because I drive a lot. So I get to listen to my podcast or if I'm at my desk, I have it in my ear. Um, So I'm grateful for that. But um, yeah, I get to a point where I I do have some friends that are like so into self-help, whatever. And I get to a point where I have to stop. Yeah. Because I, I get so into it, and then I start to feel like shit because I'm oh, like... Oh, I'm not this. I'm not that. Yeah. Yeah. So I get pumped for a little bit, and then I'm like, I have to take a break and get away and then just be real. And so I'll listen to my murder podcast. <laughs> my favorite murder. So funny. <laughs> They're very liberal. Yeah. Very liberal. Which They're very right. political yeah. about it. But uh, they live in L.A., and they can't leave their home. So... Yeah. Um. But they're two comedians, and they're so funny. I know it's weird, murder and humor, but it they're really good. Anyways, so I don't know why why that's a weird obsession. So I'll go back and forth between that, yeah. and then I get my Joe Rogan in. Oh, Joe Rogan's great, obviously. Yeah. That's why he's who he is, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I like Jocko, his podcast. Oh, yeah. I love on. Jocko. I yeah. recommend it. His is the... Um, what's his... The... the Extreme Ownership book? Yes, Extreme yeah. Ownership, yeah. which I love that book, and I've recommended it to so many people. I've read it. I have his other one out here. I'll show you. It. Uh, what was the name of it? It's one I – it's just got – the way it's written is really the way he's always wanted to do it. Uh-huh. The publisher told him, do it however you want to do it. Like, oh, they, cool. They're like, oh, okay. So, like, it's just, like, one page or two pages, like – yeah. You read one a day, right? Like, it's not... Oh, cool. It's really motivational, even though, like, I'm not always searching out motivational, but I yeah. really like the way he thinks, um, how clearly he thinks. Like, I, I like that. But I'm with you on the self-help, self-help stuff. I think it's very... I don't ever read something in hopes of, like, okay, I'm going to do this. I used to yeah. do that. Like, yeah. oh, okay, this is what I got to do. And I would do that. And then it, I'm like, this only works a little bit. Like, it's not who I am. Right. right? I think being your authentic self is the number one important thing, but all those things can help you be that, you know? And I think if anything else, they help me be more open to other people and how they're feeling, you know? And like, it helps me be a leader because I can kind of understand how this person might be feeling today. And you're more empathetic, more empathetic for sure. Like it's definitely helped me along those lines. Um, And I I don't just do self-help books, but I read business. I read, Okay, yeah. so Buddhist stuff. I, I read everything, you know. But why I love Tim Ferriss is he always asks his podcast people, like, you know, what's a book or something you would recommend? And I'm always jotting it down or typing oh, it in yeah. my phone while I do it. And I've got a list on Amazon. They're all on there, you know. And I, like, want to read through them. I'll just order the next one, read it, and order the next one and read it. And I, well, you send just, me that oh. list because I, I have a list. <laughs> I, will, I will send it to you. I will do. I, I love it. I think it's just. You can get so much from reading, right? Oh, yeah. I think people fail to do that at times. But podcasts, too. I think you actually introduced me to podcasts way back when. Did I really? I think so. Nice. We were listening to something. You're like, you should listen to this. And I started checking them out then, I think. But um, now I'm, I'm a fiend. I know. I, well, I love podcasts for me or Audible. Yeah, Audible's great, too. Yeah. Uh, and I sometimes I will buy the book. But for me, um, I know it. we already discussed this. But literally, my sisters took all the brains. So I... I'm dyslexic and it so for me to read like I have to reread and reread and reread so if I do buy the book I'll still buy the audible and still have it read along with me yeah 
and I get a lot more out of it. But um, yeah, just having the text, like touching it and I, writing stuff down, like I get so much more out of it. But man, I just, I don't have the time. That's it, the problem. It's so hard. I, I've, I changed my routine about two weeks ago because I was reading. I just mm-hmm. wasn't doing it. And I had the time to do it, but I wasn't really like just doing it. Yeah. So I changed my routine where I, I read at night. Um, that's the last thing I do, even if it's 10 pages, even if it's two pages, whatever I can get before I'm tired, I read. And then, um, I do that's the first thing I do in the morning while I have my coffee. I have two different books, um, one for out here and one for in bed, two totally different things I'm reading at the same time. And, uh, I read them and take notes. I have to take notes. I'll never be able to sell a book that I have because they'll have (laughs) pen in them, pencil and notes. That's the way it should be. Personal stuff to me that I hope someday that I have this library that I can just tell my girl, what do you want to read? You know, yeah. and like have discussions with them and, and hopefully develop their mind and, yeah. you know, and take them down the path that I've gone down, which is, you know, I started out as working for, I've worked for a lot of people, yeah. you know, and I come to the conclusion that I just prefer to work for myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I, I, like you, I, I've had a couple really good leaders that I worked for, but I'd rather be the good leader. I'd rather be the person that's like. You know, this is what we're going to do because too many companies I've gone into, I've gone in with great intentions and I've tried to make the change, but the leader doesn't want to really make the change. They say they do, but they don't. Right. And then you're in there to make that change and you can't get it done, you know, and I've found that it's just really reflective on you in the business world for one because you're unsuccessful because the person won't let you be successful. Right. You know, and so I feel like I can just do a lot more out on my own, you know, and just helping people. And I'm jealous of that because I've always like seen you do that and I just don't have the the balls <laughs> I don't have the balls but I but I love that like I, I mean I kind of got burnt out because it seemed like I had so many like startups and mm-hmm. people knew like oh you've worked with startups oh you're in the firearm industry oh, and I'm like yeah I don't want to do another startup <laughs> but it was I mean it was a compliment to me but it was like oh it's exhausting and but they're they're open to listening a lot of times yeah yeah i like startups for that reason yeah um but you you can tell early on like you can tell quickly right and i've got to where before i would stick it out and be like well let's just keep trying let's just keep now i'm just up front with them look this ain't gonna work because you're headed down this path i hope you're successful i hope it works but i've seen it and it's not likely no right you need to be over here yeah right and so I, but I wish them well and I send them on their way, you know, and I think that that's the the way to do it. I don't hang in there anymore in hopes no. that it's going to come around. And it's not a matter of not having the willpower to stay because I've done it and I had stayed. But now I've learned that if the owners aren't willing, it's not going to happen. No. And See, and I think you're different than I am too where you're good at saying, okay, this is the time that I can go play golf and this is the time that I'm going to work. Where I... Many times, I remember with the guns, I would be there till nine o'clock and my kids would bring me dinner. And I'm like, this is stupid. I I have a hard time. I mean, it was just same with CrossFit. I'm 150% in. And in order to show you how good I am, I'm going to show you. I'm going to work 10 times harder than anybody else will. And I've had to learn. And I still do that with my job at the present. And my boss will be like, go home. You know, and yep. I'm like, okay, but I, that's how I work. I am a workhorse and I have sure. a hard time. Um, 
learning how to have fun and learning to be in the moment with my kids. So for me, I've learned like with this last few years that I enjoy a job I can go to. I mean, it may change. You know, I would love to be an entrepreneur and I'd, I have things that I would love to do. Side hustles mainly. But um, for me, with my children, I want to be there with them. And yeah. so I know, like, this is the time I'm going to work. This is the time I'll be home. And this is the time I get to be with my kids and I don't have anybody calling me. Yeah. So it, it's... I, I, I wish... Like, your brain is, like... Everybody, Jeremy's brain is amazing. <laughs> I've worked with this man. I'm jealous of his brain. He remembers things. He can implement things. He is an amazing man to work with. And I've learned a lot. So I wish. I know. It's, it's all true. <laughs> but um, I wish I had that capability. But I'm, I'm inspired. But I, I know for me, in my life, I just need consistency. So. And I think that's good for you. Like everyone's different. Yeah, right? yeah. Everyone's different. I, I just heard Tim Ferriss uh-huh. at Jim. I want to say Loron. I, I don't know if he's saying his name right, but he was a coach, you know, for Dan Jansen and the, the mm-hmm. speed skater and all mm-hmm. that. And he's done all this work, and what he said just blew me away. I, I've had this same thought, but I didn't know how to express it. I didn't know how to think about it because the way he did it was we've been fooled by all these people that make day planners and all these things, yeah. these time management things that like time management is the most important thing. And he's like, that's not right. It, it's the amount, it's energy. Energy is the most important thing. He goes, go to a practice and, and watch a, a superior athlete. They give everything during right. that time, right? Because of their energy, right? It, energy is the most important thing. And that's I think that for you specifically, that's, that's really telling because you would work ridiculous amounts of time. I did the same thing for a long time, right? Yeah. And, and but I got to a point where it's like, okay, you you only have so much time with these kids, man. Right. You really do. So I would rather be broke and live in my parents' basement if I had to, right? And spend time with my kids than work right. my life away. And I have found that by having that balance, and I really found it when I was recruiting, um, I I had the balance. I would work. And then I would go golf and then I would come back and work again, you know, and then yeah. spend that time with the kids and figure, I had all that balanced out. And it's because when I come back, my mind was way more clear and I got a lot more done oh, than sitting sure. there and trying to pound it. I'm, I'm in the middle of writing a book now. And it, if I don't get out of the house and go verbally do it on a walk or go golf and come back and do it and nothing comes out, nothing, it's just blank. I, I can't get it out of me. I just know I can't do it anymore. I can't sit down and pound it out. And there was a time when I would do it. But then I'd look back to SHOT Show. <laughs> that first year of SHOT Show, right? Yeah. Like it. that is how I was trying to put together what Jim Lore said about the energy, right? It's not about time management, especially in that situation. There is no time management. You do need to be certain places at certain times. Right. But it's 100% an effort for six days. Oh, for sure. Right? And and. I think I slept maybe an hour a night. I, I don't know how you did it because I was on minimal sleep being everybody's little freaking nanny. Yep. And yep. you were prepping for the next day. Yep. One hour a night is what I allowed myself to sleep because we had those events. You have to go to yeah. those events. That's how we did what we did. And right? then at the end of SHOT Show, we both were sicker than dogs. Sick for a week. <laughs> 
right? <laughs> Sick for a week. But I had the energy and you had the energy, yeah. the output in that time. That superior athlete that we were at that moment oh, yeah. is what made it successful, right? Yeah. We're like, right now's the time. We got to give it all we got. Next week, we'll sleep. Right. Right. And whether we wanted to or not, we we're sick. We had to sleep. That's just what it is. Yeah. But it, it really, I've been trying to figure out how to really paraphrase that and put that into business, right? When, especially now, I don't, I've never believed you need to be in an office to be successful. I've no. always... People can work from home. Now people are really oh, seeing it. Yeah, because I was going to say, especially with Corona, it's it's playing, they've had it's to playing see out. It, yeah. Right? I have interviewed tons of recruiters across the country, never met them, right? Interviewed them, figured they were good, hired them, put them to work, never saw them, and they had success because they worked out at home. You know what I mean? Right. I know it can be done from home because it's based around the amount of energy they put out during that time, right? right. It's not about you need to punch in at 9 o'clock and punch out at 5 I could care less when you come to work. I really could. If you work for me, it doesn't matter to me. There's times we have to answer the phones. We've got to have that stuff covered. That's a different scenario. But outside of that, I don't care. Right. Give me your maximum effort. You might be a nighttime person. You might be nocturnal. You would give me your maximum effort from 9 o'clock at night till 2 o'clock oh, yeah. in the morning. That's all I care about. Like, that's all anyone should care about. The maximum potential you get out of the human in that amount of time. The, the well, best. I have, like, certain paperwork where I'm punching in numbers and having to, like, find information and stuff. And if I do it in the morning, I'm like, rah, 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 yep. rah. And then it's like, if I do it right before I have to leave work, I'm like, bam, bam, next, boom, 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 boom. You know, and it, I can, I click because my brain's on then. Yep. And in the morning, I'm like, well, sometimes in the morning, I'm okay, but. Like, it's funny how when your brain fires, you're like, I'm on fire. Yeah, getting it done. The thing <laughs> is recognizing like, it and yeah. harnessing it, right? But like, it's like the same you were saying. Like, you know, disciplining people. They're Like, my children, I can put one in timeout and I devastate them. The other one, I'm like, flick his ear and he's like, you know, in tears for the next hour. Right. But... It's the same thing. Like some people are morning people and they work amazing in the morning and you'll get so much more out of them in the morning. But other people are like on fire at night. Yeah, You have to manage everyone individually. Yeah. We have come to a culture where it's like, oh, everybody has to do the same. Right. Hell with that. It doesn't work. No, we're all different. It, it, every human being is different. And there might be categories you could fit into. You might have a group of 10 people that all work in the morning well. Right. right. So let those 10 people work in the morning and then let the afternoon people. Maybe I, I only work better if I sleep till noon. I don't know. Right. You know what I mean? I'll come in at noon and you'll get more out of me because that's what it is. Right. right. There is certain professions that can't it can't be done. You can't do that with a bank. Right. Right. Like, there's bankers hours. You, you can't do that with title. <laughs> title is different. Right. Like you've got to have people there during those right. hours. Right. But bankers hours. Bankers hours. The, but you can manage that through different ways and people you know, certain shifts or whatever and kind of stuff. But for the most part, most businesses could operate that way. And if they allowed the people to be who they are, right, they would have a higher performance. And even at my office, like they're, they know like certain people don't schedule them in the morning because they have little kids. They've got to get off to school and preschool or whatever. Yep. And it's the same with me. I have kids. I've got to make sure to get to the bus because they might just go back home and go <laughs> play on their phone for the rest of the day if mom's not home. So, which has happened. <laughs> Actually, dad was even home and they, he was working the graves. So he was like half awake. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. One kid was upstairs playing on dad's phone. Well, the other one was like covering for him downstairs. Oh, it was pretty funny. I Anyways. love it. But yeah, you know, uh, for me, like just that flexibility for me, just coming in an hour later, 
makes know? a big difference. It's a huge difference. Makes a it's big a huge difference. difference. But I will perform even better for them because I know they're giving me that leeway. Yeah, it's reciprocity. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great thing, isn't it? I love that word. <laughs> I'm like, Jer, what is that word? It starts with an R. Rest asleep or something. Rest asleep. That's what it is. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> well, is there anything in your career in your life that you would say is a regret? Uh, yeah, I have a lot of regrets. <laughs> <laughs> Regret nothing, Ryan. Uh, yeah. YOLO! <laughs> <laughs> no regrets. No. I, you know, you live and learn. And so if I don't regret it, I didn't learn it. So you wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it, but man, it, I look back and I'm like, oh, that was embarrassing. Yeah. You know, We've all like done that. you were, we were talking about the police force and mm -hmm. I was like, I am a ginger and you don't know this, but I get very fiery. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Jeremy knows this very well. Um, so I, you know, I will tell you what I think. And sometimes it's it's not the time or place. And sometimes I don't give a shit. It needs to be said. So believe me, we had like a three-hour fire fest with a idiot of a boss that we both had. And I let him have it. So, and he needed to, he needed to have that. I'm sorry. I don't care what anybody says. But there were other times where I piped off and I shouldn't have. But I... I took, I took those experiences and, um, like my last job, there was times where I was really frustrated with guys that I was working with, but I was able to rephrase it and put it into something that I knew they would accept and listen to versus me just going off the handle. And... I got a lot more respect for that. So, yeah, I'm embarrassed that I went off the handle the way I did. Um, I am human. I'll do stupid shiz. But I did learn from that. So if if you regret things and you don't know why you regret them or you don't fix them, that's a mistake. For sure. I think if you don't change the behavior, right? Like, right. We all do things we wish we wouldn't have we wouldn't yeah. have done. Doesn't mean we change it. I wouldn't change right. a thing I've done. Like right. I've hurt people with decisions that I wish maybe they didn't get hurt because of that decision. Right. Right. But I've become who I am now because of those decisions. Right. And I think I'm the best version of myself I've ever been because of For where sure. I am. You For know what sure. I mean? So uh, regret might be the wrong word, but like it's the not going back to change it is important. Like it's accepting what happened mm -hmm. and making it better. And, and I know the situation and, and you're right. Something needed to be said. Yeah. And had I been the one to say it, it would have been different, right? Like mm -hmm. I would have said it differently. That doesn't make it right. Mm -mm. Right. What you needed to say and get off your chest, you needed to say and get off your chest. Mm -hmm. And so I think we just all have to learn each time. Oh yeah. And I, and I, I'm grateful for that learning curve, but I think the reason why I was, I popped off is because uh, we put so much time and our heart and souls and we had invested in this and it was something that it was our baby. Yep. For sure. And whether it was our company or not, we, we loved that thing. Every ounce of it. Yep. Yeah. And so it was really hard for somebody who we knew didn't 
really give a shit. They were there for the party for them to rip it out from yeah. underneath us. That was hard. So, yeah. You learn a lot. Yeah. You learn you a lot. You learn a lot. And, you know, you learn who you can work with and who you can't. And you see those those red flags a lot faster because yeah. you've experienced them in the past. And you, man, it makes you a, a better employee. It oh, really for does. Sure. For and sure. Being able to recognize things. And I learned how I think I'm better at what I do now because I learned what not to do. Yeah. From watching other people. Right. Like mm-hmm. even though they were giving advice a different direction, they did it. And I'm like, yep, that definitely doesn't work. You know? Yeah. And I think leadership should be like your parents, right? You should, you should know when something's going on, but you should never hear it. Right. Right. Like it's okay to understand that your parents are upset or that the bosses are upset. Right. Like you can see it. And I think bosses should be transparent to a point. Right. right. Like you, some things everyone doesn't need to know. Right. Like it would cause more panic than anything else. But, you know, it, it's it's good for people to know that there's something going on. But it's you should still reflect leadership all the time. Like, you know, mm-hmm. a stoic vision of this is where we're headed. Right. You know, and doesn't mean happiness all the time but no there's, there's a time and place for everything yeah and i pretty much abused you a lot <laughs> i'm a good listener there was a street in castle rock where i i think i even got out of the car i was gonna kill jerry <laughs> got out and stormed off and all i was doing was trying to calm her down yeah i was like, pretty heated somebody's gonna call the cops i know that was yeah. a bad day yeah i was pissed anyways <laughs> It was fun. It was, it was fun. fun. So, how old's your youngest? He's nine. He's nine. So, you got, what is it, eight more years, seven more years, and he's graduated. Where does where do you want to be in seven years, career-wise? Like, you know, when he graduates, and let, let's just say it's a magical world that all kids move on to college and get out of the house when they're, they're that age, and no one's there, right? No kids at the house. Where, where, what do you want to be doing? Ah, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm going to have a sugar daddy. <laughs> I'm going to wear Prada. Where do Chanel. I get one of those? Can I get uh, one of those? I don't know. I'm scared <laughs> to get one of those. <laughs> um, honestly, I, I, for me, this is a scary thing. I don't have a retirement um, with my lovely divorce. Yeah. I've basically lost everything except for what I've got invested in my house. So I'm grateful for that. Um, so I actually have started doing Dave Ramsey's Financial okay, Peace University. Yeah. And I've actually got my kids on a high school program because I'm terrified for them. Yeah. Like, I, I've never learned it. I don't, if you ask me anything about financial stuff or investing, I don't know anything. And I, being the wife, I just let my husband do it. Yeah. And now I'm... A single mom and I have nothing to fall back <laughs> so I on. I figure something out. Yeah. So um I was doing pretty good at the beginning of the divorce. Now after two lawyers later, I'm not doing too hot. So I right now I want to see myself out of debt. I want to see my house paid off. And I want to have like a few properties where I can live off rentals and have some independent income. Right. Independent income. And maybe do things that, like my side hustles that I enjoy. Right. And seeing income come through there. So. Okay. I like yeah. that. Is, yeah. this, is one of your side hustles you, you think about now still photography? Or not? Um, you know. But just side note, Ryan takes amazing pictures. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Um, yeah. 
I don't know. You know, that's the thing is like, it's such an expensive hobby. It is. Yeah. That I just have kind of put it aside because I just can't afford it. Uh, and then I gave my camera to my son and he's and he does it. great photos he does he does he does yeah. great photos but he's not very nice to my yeah. equipment so i still do photos and i still love it um and i love doing the product stuff it, that got yeah. it was really fun to be creative with that so i would love to do that kind of stuff if it made me money yeah get paid to do it yeah it get paid to do it but um and i what i well i did uh, a cool design i'll show you and I made a sticker out of it. And so I've made a few cool, cool. stickers. Yeah. And well, you're good at that stuff. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. And there's I know. some side yeah. hustle there for sure. I'm I'm not I don't understand it as well as I need Want to. to? Yeah. yeah. And so like I it's a learning curve still. But um I love the graphic design stuff. And so if I could do fun stuff like that and just yeah. have it sell on its own, I would love to do that. Yeah. So kind of weird but no yeah. there's good stuff to do in that for yeah. sure there's some good hustle out of that yeah i i can see what i like i know what i want out of something i could tell you kind of how i want it i can't make it happen like I, <laughs> I don't have yeah. that ability to like draw it you know what yeah. i mean or whatever i just don't have it so i think it's a talent when you're able to do that and that's your artistic stuff that you're good at yeah like, i goes like along the with creative. everything else yeah yeah my yeah. sister's got the brain i got the creative and then, you know, go to Juilliard and um, then be on Broadway. I, yeah, that's where I, I think see you're myself. harder on yourself. I think you're smarter and you give yourself credit. <laughs> but. I'm more street smart than book smart, and I like it. And well, it, it's up, good. Up, up till three weeks, four weeks ago, I would have told you you have great common sense. But my friend, Mike, has completely changed my mind on what common sense means. Oh, great. Like, what does that mean? Well, think about it. <laughs> In most situations now, you know, you would you would say, well, I don't know, let's take a protest, right? Like, it, you don't go smash the windows out of the business of the people who are there oh, to support God. you, right? That would be common sense, right? right? Well, clearly, we don't have common sense anymore because more people think the other way. The common sense now is not common. So what That's we, scary. It's scary. It, it, it's, it's not what it used to be. There's, like... It's changed. So I don't know what to call it now. I don't think that's common. I have to disagree with that. That's well, what, no, that's that might what be you a bad see. example. That might okay, be a bad yeah. example. Okay, but that's what you see on TV, yeah. and that's a small minority because that's yeah. what gets news. Yeah, I think that's a bad example of what I'm trying to explain. But common sense isn't that common anymore. It's different. That's scary. Yeah, but you do have that. Good sense. It's Street smarts is a good one. Yeah. I think that's a good way to say it. You know, good sense or, or whatever. So I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. Do you, uh, so you have that. I have two two things and then I'll be done with you. I'll let you go on with your life. Oh, we could talk forever. <laughs> We're good at that. Yes, we We're are. We're good at that. Um, first one is if you could give any bit of advice to the people that listen to this, what would it be? <sighs> Get a real job. Just joking. <laughs> Any bit of advice? Any bit. Could be whatever. I don't care what. I think it goes back to being yourself. Because you're, if you're being somebody else, you're fooling the person you're interviewing with. And you're fooling yourself. So be the best you. Yeah. There's only one you. So be the best you. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I, I would follow up with that and say, if you are a leader... In any form or fashion, help the people that you lead oh, yeah. 
be the best them. Right? Oh, for sure. L- lead them to do it. Whether it's, and I, I think people get so confused. Oh man, like I'm just your boss at work. You are, but you're a mentor to them in some form or fashion. Right. right? So help them. I, I always have an open door policy. You can come into my office and tell me how mean your husband was last night. <laughs> right. And I'm never going to treat your husband any different or whatever. Yeah. But I'm going to accept it. I'm going to let you vent to me. I'm going to let you get it off. You know, I'm going to be your, your uh, psychologist for the moment, you know, and let you go. I'm not going to give you any advice either way, you know, but I'll help you get to the point you need to be a better. Right. Year, right. Like, I think that's important. Well, that's kind of interesting you say that because my job, I work in title. Mm-hmm. If you, like, I remember we were having a meeting and somebody said, oh, the CD. And then I leaned over to someone and I said, hey, what's what's a CD? Is that the music thing? And they go, no, like the closing documents. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> Didn't know that. Because I take care of everything around the office. Yeah. That makes everybody feel good. I'm the one that delivers checks. I'm the one that makes sure, like, you have what you need Okay, I'm really dumbing down my my job, but um, I do a lot. (laughs) I do a lot, lot. I do all the social media. I do all the marketing. I do, anyways. But um, I I worried because I was talking a lot to the people in my office. It's two stories. So I was upstairs, and then the girls will start talking to me, and then somebody else pulls me aside, and they start talking to me, and and I and I got a review today, and I was asking him, and I'm like. I was worried he was going to be like, you need to stop talking. Yeah. And he he basically told me that I'm there to make everybody happy. And I'm there to uh, like almost be like a leader and a mentor and listen to him and whatever. I don't necessarily say gossip, but it's interesting because when you say that, I just realized I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was talking to so-and-so and they were asking me. Blah, blah, blah. And so-and-so asked me, blah, blah, blah. It, they don't talk to me about gossip. They're asking me questions. I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I'm the mom. Yeah, but right. The, but I'm their leader, too. Yeah, for sure. So I'm the ones that can help them laugh and feel good, and they're, they're excited to come to work because, yes, they work and, you know, whatever, but then they know that they can have a conversation, yeah. too. So. That's that's good. It's important. Yeah. Everybody needs that. Right. Right. Not everyone realizes they need it, but mm-hmm. they need it. Yeah. They gotta have a place to go. Like me and Michael, I talk about him all the time, but we'll go have a cigar. Mm-hmm. Right. And we just let it go. That's where yeah. we we that's where the goes. And it stays there between him and I, you know. That but I could go there and I could talk about whatever. And I know right. it's gonna stay there. And he can do the same with me. But you need that at work. You need that because yeah. you you don't have good days every day. No, you know, and no matter what my role is, I always want to be available to whoever it is. If it's your first day on the job and I've been there for how, who knows how long and I'm the top guy or whatever, <laughs> you need to be able to come to my office and say, man, let me tell you what happened last night. <laughs> you know what I mean? And let it yeah. off. And then you're yeah. going to go back and you're going to get back to work. And I might even say, you know what? Go home. Come yeah. back tomorrow. Yeah. Like go get, go clear your head, go play some golf, whatever you need to do. Go, go hit, hit the workout today. You know, because I know that when you do come back or when you do go back to your desk, you're going to give me 10 times more than you would right. have with the other way. Well, and the other thing, too, is McCray realizes that he's in an office full of women. Yeah. That what I can do with these girls, they, he can't. He can't do it. 
Yeah. The, there's a certain thing that I can touch. Like, but the same thing is he can do that with the guys yeah. that I can't. can't. Yeah. Well, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually the first job where I've worked with so many women. Normally yeah. I'm with men. Yeah. So, but I, but even to the point where I, you know, go to my other boss who's been there for 33 years yeah. and she wants to talk to me. Yeah. And I was like, you know, like you tiptoe around them because you're like, you're the real boss. Yeah. And then you, yeah. there, she's like, oh my gosh, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, you like me? You want to talk and hang Why out with me? Why do you like me? me? Okay, let's do this. This is awesome. Anyways. That's where you get your self-help love right there. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I love so, it. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so the last thing, I want you to accept a challenge. Oh, snap. Bring uh, it. This just popped in my head while we were going here, and I think it's a great idea. <laughs> 2021 bring it baby <laughs> best year of my life okay. everyone's hoping that right now after yeah this year, really but, um because i know you and i think i'm going to make this a regular feature on what we do is, is the last thing something that i've picked up along the way there's so many options now and there's so many ways to do it that i think you should take at least five minutes a day and sing oh well that means i have to turn my podcast off i have to listen to music <laughs> No. I you love it. it. You can do it. My sister, I'm so impressed with my sister. She's a great singer. My younger sister is a great singer. All my sisters sing amazing. I, I always say, I don't know what happened. You guys sing so good. I don't know what happened to me. Whatever. Just, You've got like this deep voice. You, I know you could belt it. I, I, I could sing the, the um papa Mau Mau's. That's, <laughs> that's about all I, I'm good for. But um, they sing really well. But she started like on Smule, right? Uh-huh. And she sings it and then she'll post it on Facebook, right? I'm going to challenge you to do that at least once a week, not post it on Facebook, but at least once in the next year you post something on Facebook that you've sung. Oh my gosh. So you got one year from today okay. to have posted a song you sung, but I'm going to challenge you to sing five minutes every day. Deal. Can you do it? I like it. Okay. I think when you have something you love, you need to do it because it'll bring yeah. out your soul. I think... I, I love it and I love the challenge because as I've gotten older and as a mom, mm-hmm. I lose who, who I am. And Absolutely. I don't know I don't know who I am anymore and singing is is a big part of me. So like when people ask what's on your bucket list, I'm like, I have no idea. I think my bucket list is like in a drought. So this is this is one and um I'm doing another challenge on Saturday <laughs> that I'm really scared to do. What are you doing? <laughs> it's the uh, Wim Hof. Oh, you're going to do Wim Hof? Yeah. <laughs> I just. Where are you doing it at? at? At Quell Lake. Okay. There's a guy that's going to teach it. And yeah. so I, my I buddy was. Have you tried it? I've just, um, just, I followed it on and did it here. Yeah. So, yeah, I, um, I'm terrified of the cold. <laughs> That's going to be cold. <laughs> so sure. anyways, I, I'm, I'm all about challenges this year. So I think it'll be good. Yeah. Right? And one thing I, I never like what you said really rang with me. What, there was a time when I was going through my divorce and I'd been through some work stuff or whatever. And I stood in the mirror and I looked at myself and I asked myself, who the hell are you? Right. Who are you? Yeah. I, I don't, don't know. I didn't remember who I was or I what, what anything, right? Like. What's my focus? What do I want to be when I grow up? I'm freaking in my 40s. What do I want? You know what I mean? Like it was that kind of thought process I was having. And I I, I didn't know. 
that's was the scary part. Like my whole life I grew up, I just want to be an athlete. It's all I always wanted to be. Right. You know, and, and I watched shows like um, with the Michael Jordan special that they just did and all that and, I, and his intensity. And I had that intensity. I had that same thing. I, I would fight you to win, right? Like yeah. I want to win. And I had that beat out of me. So many people tell me like, oh, you can't be like that. Oh, no, that's not wrong. That's bad sportsmanship, blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't being a bad sport. Yeah, like, but I get upset. That was even, your fire. That's my fire. I'd get upset at my own team. Like yeah. I remember my friends being mad at me. I wanted to fight me because I was like, "You missed. Why don't shoot if you're gonna miss? Like, you, you missed that shot. You know, yeah. in tennis, when I was upset at them. Like as soon as it was over, it was done. Like I wasn't mad at them anymore. I didn't blame them for the right. loss, but I was upset they missed a shot or whatever. Right. You know, like it. It was frustrating because I, that was my fire. Lost all that. Yeah. It just went away. Like it just. I let myself get lost. So I had to start doing the things I loved again, right? And and when I started doing those things again, like especially playing golf, I love golf. It just clears my head. It's one of those things. Lifting weights. I love lifting weights. I do too. It just feels so good to move weight, you know, those things. And it brought me back to who I am. And I, I, I don't, I'm not a self-prophesier. I'm not one of those guys that wants to put myself up, but I'm a leader. Right. Right. I've always been a natural leader. Yes. People follow me for whatever reason. I don't know why. But I want to lead people. I want to help people. I want people to be the better version of themselves, right? Yeah. I really want yeah. that. So the challenge thing is awesome. One thing I'll tell you that I've always wanted to do because I feel like my sister's always got it. It's on my bucket list, and I want to do it inside the next five years. I won't want to say a year. I've always wanted to sing, but I, I don't want to just sing. I want to go in the subway and busk. Ah, that would be so cool. Right? Like, I want to be able to sing and actually have people tip me because it's good enough to get tipped, right? Yeah. Like, so I, I have that challenge for myself. So I've got a couple programs that I'm looking at that I want to start practicing. Cool. And doing that stuff and get comfortable. So I I think it's just a challenge to do it, you know, yeah. and push yourself. And you have to be challenging yourself all the time. It's my philosophy. I don't know if I shared it with you is pain or peace, right? There's two forms that we live in pain or peace and in one or in one or the other we're searching for the other okay right we always are and sometimes when we're in peace pain's coming and we don't see it <laughs> okay and we're not preparing for it and it can go right down to anything finances like we already talked about mm-hmm. but when we're in that great place and we're making money and we're going along but we're not saving any of it car's gonna break down oh yeah it's gonna need tires house is gonna need work whatever that pain's coming right right same thing as anything mental If we're not constantly preparing ourselves for the pain that we're going to receive in our lives, death, whatever it is, then when it hits us, it's traumatic. It's over. It it crushes us, right? Right. We talked about that with somebody else earlier, not on the podcast, but we were talking about another situation where clearly this person has never prepared them for themselves for this. Right. So if you're in one, if you're in peace, you need to be preparing yourself for pain. And there's all these other ways. I'm not saying live in fear. That's not what I'm saying. But be aware of it. Be prepared for what's coming. And if you're in pain... Find out why you're in that pain and find out how you were in peace in the first place and get back right. to that. Oh, for sure. Right? We're pain or peace. That's truly the two places we live. Well, I think that's interesting because I, I know like there was a lot of really hard things that I went through when I was coaching at CrossFit and stuff. And um, I would tell people all the time, like, there's the, like I looked at that challenge and I said, if I can do this at CrossFit... I can do this. Yep. And it was not a physical feat. It was a mental feat. Yep. And it was because I prepared mentally. And one of them was having a child naturally. 
Yeah. And at home. And I did. And I ended up delivering my own kid. So crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but they're like, I don't think. But you were mentally prepared for it. I that. was totally mentally prepared for that. Yeah. When you were in I your place preparing. of peace, right. you prepared for it, right? Right. I, I truly, I have a, that's part of the book that I'm writing is based around like that philosophy, right? I, I won't call it a self-help book because I don't think that's what it is. I, I think some people might find that in it. Right. But I think it's more of an awareness. Like if you're here, you need to be looking here. And if you're here, you need to be looking here. And there's nothing so painful that you can't find peace. Nothing. It don't matter what it is. I mean, you can be in your darkest moment. And if you just pick up that phone and talk to someone, you can start to find that peace, right? Like it is there if you're willing to work to get it. Yeah. But sometimes people can't see it. It's really hard for them. But that's what I'm hoping yeah. to bring awareness around, right? Like right. you're in this or this. So if you know that, right? Okay, I'm in this. I got it. What do I need to do? Like right. some people just want to help themselves. They just need to be aware. Yeah. So that's that's basically the gist of it. You know, it's just I want to know the whole idea behind what I'm doing is I just everyone interviews celebrities and interviews all these top people. I want to not as cool as we are. No. <laughs> I, I want to talk to every everyone from every day, right? My goal with this is to just go on the road sometime, spend seven days on the road, stop everywhere. And walk into a gas station or walk into a diner or walk into a store or car lot or whatever. Right. And say, do you got an hour for me after work? And let's just talk. And I want to ask these same questions. Right. I want to go through it with them and see where they are in their life. Like, I want to know what happens to someone along the way that they end up they're running a the night shift at a Waffle House. Right. Yeah. Like, well, let's figure it out. Where, where did you go? What, and, and maybe they want to be there. That's great. I, that's right. not a judgment at all. I just want to know and, right. and what their life lessons can help someone else. You know what right. I mean? Because the, the people that are doing that have way more to give than the people that have been oh, successful. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Way more to give because right. they're still striving and they're still going. And they've got they've overcome like hurdles that nobody else has even exactly. imagined. Exactly. So, yeah, for sure. Well, I, I very it. much appreciate you. Well, I very much appreciate being part of this. Thank, Thank you. you for taking the time for me. Yeah. And uh, I'll make sure and send it to you when we get it edited and everything. Yeah, because that wait long. How long has this been? Hour and a half. Oh, my gosh. We're going Joe Rogan stuff. Joe Rogan does four hours. I, I can know. do an hour and a half. Oh, we could totally I'm do coming that. after you, Joe. Yeah, we got we got like three and a half hours more. We can do this. Let's just keep going. We're I fine. believe we can do it. To be honest <laughs> I know with you. we can do it. We've been on really long car rides. I don't no know. Problem. I don't know if people want to hear it. No, but probably we not. could do it. So I don't know. We could be entertained. We could be I, very entertaining. I think we're pretty funny. Yeah. I always laugh, so that means something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or we could just ask Siri, and she'll be like, yeah. "I don't know, sexy. I can't help you at this time." <laughs> That's a story for another podcast. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. I love you. Cheers. Love you too. Well, thank you for going on that journey with us. And hopefully you were able to get some, uh, sip a little juice out of that journey. Uh, something that maybe helps you in some form or fashion or that you can relate to somebody else. So, um, looking forward to the next episode. We'll get that up and get it going. If you want to be on the show, don't hesitate to reach out to us. It's Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y, at L34Pro.com. Uh, reach out to us. Send us an email. Give us your feedback. We'd love to hear more. And uh, hopefully uh, you'll continue on this journey with us. 
We'll see you next time.